Hey, Verbal Tap listeners, before you listen to the show, and even if you don't, there's something so important going on this Saturday. You have got to go check out Subversive 2. It is a grappling match. It is team-based. Raph is hosting. You heard me! Raph is hosting. Not from Vegas. Maybe from Vegas. Wherever the hell he's going to be on Saturday. He's hosting Subversive 2. You can find it hashtag Subversive 2 without the E. You must Please go check this out. Flowgrappling.com. Have you heard of it? That was pretty good. Can you do that again, though? Are you kidding? Are you still here? I thought I checked you out of you. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I knew you were going to record one of these, and I just thought I should stick around and stay on the line to make sure you did it well. And, you know, we really want people to know that Subversive 2 is happening this Saturday and that I will be doing the commentary for it. And I would really appreciate it if we, like, you know, really hit it. Like, not just like, cool. you so, know, that's a good double. I'm looking for a home run. Do I have to what? fake do it again? Because we've already yeah, done this fake. six times and the audience is unaware completely. Of that. Listen, you're looking fucking, for lucky number seven. I'm just saying, Kev, sell it like you were doing commentary on it. That would be great. Can't wait for what they hear. Hey, everybody. Hashtag subversive, too. I'm on it. Shit. No. Raph has ridden down the world's most interesting highway from one massive earthquake that interrupted the appearance of Zion. It's an NBA reference, but it also works if you're religious. And now he's vacated L.A. for Sin City. Uh, is that that's what Las Vegas is, right? Mm-hmm. Just uh, keep keeping track of my various things I've done there. I've blacked it all out because I usually just train and go to church. Which means it's time for Verbal Tap. Raps in Vegas. These are our favorites. This means you've already seen jujitsu royalty. It already has bestowed upon you. Raph, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. So I thought, you know, it's a fun exercise when there's too many earthquakes out in California. Is it still earthquaking where you are currently? Or are you Pretty out? sure. Okay. And I said, you know, it's a good idea is to go to Vegas, which could still feel the earthquakes, apparently, and be on the 30th floor, because that's smart. I was also going to say, and they're way less prepared for it, so you're set. You're good to go. And uh, I don't know, man. I'll tell you this quick story about my life, which is every year on my birthday, there was an earthquake for three years in a row. And... You know, the first time it happens, you're kind of a little thrown off. You grow up with earthquakes in California. You're just going to go, eh, whatever. The second year, it was pretty okay. Like, it was, you know, we got by. But I kept thinking, like, why do these keep happening on my birthday? There's something really weird. Like, why June 28th do I feel the earth move in such a way? Is there the earth trying to say, like, hey, happy birthday, kid, wake up? One year, I was 10 years old. My family, I had been bugging them, bugging them for a Sega Genesis. But the problem is I couldn't just have a Sega Genesis. I didn't have a TV in my room, and they would never give me the time of day to play on the main TV. So I kept begging them and begging them and begging them. And I wake up mid-earthquake, and I see right in front of me a 29-inch television with a Sega Genesis on the bottom. And I look around, and I go, no, 
no, there's an earthquake happening. Fuck you. And instead of going in between the doorway or staying in the bed, which is sometimes what they advise you to do, I leapt in front of the 29-inch screen TV <laughs> to sacrifice my body rather than let anything happen because they put it on the wobbliest of little corner tables that had one leg that you knew it wasn't good. And I said, if I go, at least I am taking this TV with me. And my family was so mad at me. They came up and they said, how would you jump in front of a TV that we could replace? But we can't replace you. And I was like, that's adorable. And I appreciate you guys. But it took a lot of begging to get these gifts. It's also like tidy wrapped. It's like, y'all seen MTV? I am not <laughs> going back. This <laughs> is the fiercest <laughs> you will be. But you you can imagine my indignation as just the 11, 10-year-old version of me with Sans beard, probably about the same height. Same beard. Same definitely season. way skinnier. But with anger in my eyes, like how dare the earth. So I guess the thing I'm saying here, people, is I was pissed that I made it through my birthday and there was an earthquake that happened a week later. And I was like, you're a little late here, okay? Where did you – go to protect was there a gi or some gear you're like i love those knee pads like what was it for you this time you were like my instincts kicked in and i just jumped right in front of it my first thought this year was as follows um my wife and i were actually chilling in bed with the puppy and the puppy kind of looks at us like what the fuck is this and i was like oh puppy's first earthquake yay <laughs> and it was fine it was you know the puppy was more so like all right, it's an earthquake. So that when fireworks happened that day on the 4th of July and I went to go check in and, you know, make sure she's okay at about 9 p.m. when they start to really hit, I get in the house and I look at her and she's sleeping through it. And she's like, Dad, I've been through an earthquake, okay? Like, this is nothing. These fireworks are whack. And I'm like, oh, I love you, puppy. Fireworks are so dumb. Yay. <laughs> um, but the next day my wife was calling me and going, uh, babe, there's another earthquake happening. And I was like, really? Damn she's it. Like, she goes, yeah, right now. And I go, is it? And I was in a car and I was at a stoplight. And that's what I felt myself going, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I did know. And now I know that I'm in an earthquake. I wouldn't have known if she hadn't called. I just thought my butt tickled. But now, well, <laughs> now that you tell me this, I realize it's not to tickle at all. <laughs> things are so, shaking. Things were a little weird. You didn't feel any of the earthquakes. I'm sure you just read about them, right? Correct. Okay. Well. Never. I have not heard. I've not felt an earthquake since the one in Virginia in like 2012 or 2013. That, that's so weird. It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. But yes, I'm safe. Uh, fortunately, lots of people are safe. Um, but yeah, it ripped some sort of space time continuum in some part of LA. No big deal. It's fine. This is how the zombies start. <laughs> I don't need to tell the listeners that. They are already aware. We're going to talk about the most important lesson we learned this weekend. And, mm. I mean, you always probably learn a lesson driving to Vegas. But I was in scuba training. And thanks to Jorge Masvidal, I know what I'm going to do if a shark comes at me. Because mm. Ben Askren has been at this a long time. He's a shark on the ground. There's your metaphor. I'm going to raise up my scuba knee, jam it <laughs> in his gills, give him the old... Who's going to wake you up? Treatment that the old Jorge Masvidal gave to Ben Askren. We're going to talk fights. You were at a local fight 
Where were you? Yes. I was at uh, – it used to be known as CXF, but these were LXF, otherwise known as Lights Out Extreme Fighting. And I made some friends. Not going to lie, Kev. Because that night – More friends? Because you do have some friends from this group and community. You've certainly trained with some of the people that you've seen and been like, I've got to train with that person. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And <laughs> there was a moment when two people were fighting. I go, to, uh, my sister was taking photos. I go, oh, I've trained with that guy. Oh, I might have trained with his opponent too. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I might have trained with both now. And uh, no, so the way I made friends was it happened on the same night of UFC 239. And these are always Sophie's choices for so many people. And we all are there to support our local fighters. However, I did put on my iPad the fights. Because I wanted to see what was going on. And I try to be knowledgeable of all things, Kevin. So I had the fight streaming right there. And I'm not going to say names, but I will say that people who were surrounding the area, who maybe should have been watching the fights a little bit more, like in front of them, in the cage. I mean, they were watching my feed. It's fine. It's no big deal. They were watching my my iPad, but you know, when you look around at people and you're like, Hey, your job is kind of important right now. You should pay attention. Um, you know, it's fine. It was a service that I wanted to give to the people, Kevin. And I did, and I was very happy and I was multitasking and I was crushing it. And I was also taking photos and uploading on the verbal tap Twitter. So I was crushing it. As usual, you were crushing it. The ground was crushing things. I was in a scuba class, but as I said, thank you for the shark step. I uh, fell asleep quite a bit. I have caught up with some <laughs> of these fights. Oh, no. Yeah, I was so tired. Didn't realize it. Didn't realize that was going to happen as a subsequent effect of the many hours underwater. I loved scuba diving. Almost died doing it, but love it. You've scuba you put yeah, I did. I did. I, dude, I scuba dived when I was like maybe 13, 14. I got certification. Um, it was when I was a Boy Scout and all that bullshit. Uh, I loved it, man. I could not wait to go underwater. And then one of my friends while underwater, when I let him pass because he wasn't as strong of a swimmer, uh, might have kicked out my mouthpiece. Ouch. Your and regulator? Then, yeah, and fortunately, they tell you how not to freak out, and I didn't. However, nobody came to help me. Yeah. And they actually – they're supposed to have one person trail behind uh, the whole group whenever you go, and that person had moved ahead. And I was like, I think you're defeated. Yeah. And then I calmed down, and I got it. We had a 10-year-old as part of the crew. <laughs> So it was like a constant effort of like cover your mouthpiece. You're ready to get kicked in the face with a flipper. Because yep. every time the any time we went underwater, basically, she looked like one of those people in those flights that turn no gravity. <laughs> Someone in gravity for the first time, no gravity. Just complete lack of control, like drifting up while we're all sitting there staring at the instructor. It's so great. Yeah. A lot of <sighs> I was there with my with my lady partner. That is a relationship-building exercise, Raph, because you have to give them the whole I'm out of air thing. And mm-hmm. at least once she forgot that that means to hand me her air. It's like she forgot. Straight up, she's going to be like, I got plenty of air. 
you stupid bastard. Like, why don't you figure <laughs> your own fucking air situation out? Outside of that, still a couple and scuba certified. That's good. You guys did make it. And it is very bonding. So I was happy for you kids. But speaking of people who got hit in the face, let's really address some Ben Askren things. Because this is the most brutal KO in a long time. Mm. How do you describe it? Would you is that your strategy? Do you like this strategy as a let's just tear the bandaid off? Ben Askren shoots in head down. Like mm-hmm. they tell you not to do in football. And Jorge Masvidal was straight up already jumping to throw the knee. He wins. Jorge Masvidal wins the battle. Ben Askren is KO'd and on the ground when he catches another fist. Is this your strategy with wrestlers? What do you think? If it's not, it is now. Um, there's a lot that happened in this. And it's... No, can I describe... Not. well there's a lot of uh melee and fallout okay so sure let's and and ben eskrit is the funniest person i've ever heard 24 hours after getting need like that listen to chael sonnen he can't even form a sentence ben eskrit's cracking jokes he's got starbucks he's like yeah i wish i was here under better terms ariel it's like everyone's just so glad he can talk (laughs) yeah so this is a lot of reluctance because I don't enjoy him, and I'm very happy he's okay. I think it is hard to discern that because this is a fight game. So I think it's important we put that out there. See, I think um, it's such a fun like part of the community over the last year, right? Mm-hmm. That it's like a little bummed to be like, Jesus. After he craziest two finishes for an MMA career. In the UFC, like yeah. his yeah. his career was so routine in Bellator. He took people down, he beat them up. That's how he won. He was very good at it. Here, yeah. it's like he might have choked Robbie Lawler out without data choke, and then he doesn't make it six seconds. He is interesting by default of his opponents. Don't um, care. I, 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 hold, no, no, I know. Hold on. I, I get where you're going. Hold Go on. Hmm. Robbie Lawler. And Jorge Masvidal are interesting, but I think Ben Askren's carrying a little bit of the talking load in both those fights. He is. However, it just really doesn't work with me. Like, it's continuously watching some lame dad go through a series of jokes, and you have to put on a face that says, okay, well, we're both here. Stop talking about my scuba experience in the family (laughs) report. Let's move back to the show. You think to yourself, you say, all right, Ben, do your thing. I understand you're trying to promote. And I get it. You were so boring and no one cared about you that you feel you have to play into the game by doing this. When he was in Bellator, he has not had that problem since. You're talking past tense, I assume. I mean, I'm talking now him trying to be interesting by talking, and it's very oddly phrase like him coming up with this boom roasted nonsense is not only not a funny joke like as a comic you just look at it and you go are you really just quoting michael scott now is that what we're doing and that's supposed to pass or it's just like yeah you suck boom roasted and it's supposed to be the invert version of doing roast humor too far Uh, i know anyway so i watch a lot of the office sorry 
I just it's not my thing, but I'm very happy for the people. It is their thing. Well, he probably because... he's also not a comedian, so he doesn't think about things like that in terms of if you and I write a joke, it's like, wait, did I hear this somewhere like on the office? So I bet if you ask Ben Astro right now, it's like, hey, where did your boom roast thing come from? I, you know, I just thought of it. It's something I've heard here's, people say. Like, you know, here's why he had to do it. He finally caved in to pressure of having to be interesting. And it finally got to him because he couldn't sell fights. Like it wasn't something that people were rushing to see his fights. So he had to do something. And so in a way it was kind of his version of ah, fine. I'll try to be interesting. As a result, it just kind of, it comes out weird to me. And some people really, really love it. So anyway, this is not he, his worst loss, though. Of no, this no, no, year. no, his no. worst loss still was at the hands of Jordan Burroughs. Oh, I don't know about that anymore. All right, this, I, I, as I said it, it sounded stupid. You know yeah. what? This was worse. Never mind. This that was, was a polite bad, yeah. wrestling match against. Thank you. Against the world's best. This was a knee to the head that he <laughs> admits on Ariel Hawani's show that he doesn't remember. Yes, which like is problematic. Uh, so anyway, my first initial reaction was I was sitting they were near like, Cape well, Are you available for a video session for two hours? He's like, yes, <laughs> I am. I was sitting there watching it, and my initial reaction was with Jorge knocking him out. I was like, oh, fuck, yes. And then it was like a slight moment of, oh, no, is he okay? And then it, like – Hearing that he couldn't remember things, that's bad. Hearing later that Dana was like, yeah, he's fine. You know, he's okay. You know, he passed all the tests. And I'm like, that doesn't mean he's okay. So you still don't feel great about it. But the meme community, oh, my God, have they come together. We put out ours. And I'm sorry I could not get to it faster. But I've been busy, people. I put up a meme with, uh, you know, essentially – uh, putting Masvidal's face on a certain character from the Big Lebowski and says, apparently nobody told Ben Askren, you don't fuck with the cumid Jesus. Now, I wish I could get that one out sooner, but by now we know he's okay. He was able to talk to Errol Hawani, which I guess means something is fine. What is weird here, and you alluded to this very quickly, which was, well, there was a knee. And some people seem to say it was a lucky break, except for one thing. Jorge Masvidal, there was video of him 48 hours prior to that fight that was released after it that showed him practicing that exact knee because they knew the wrestler was going to take the bait. And we had people, Kevin, who were saying, yeah, you do that fight nine times out of ten. Ben Askren still wins. So that's how crazy his fans are. Ben Askren himself has already said, yeah, I lost that and it sucks. And, I, you know, maybe things would be different. But in that scenario, I lost. And there you have it. There's not more to say. However, Ben Askren fans, and that's the community of people that he's built with his nonsense humor, are still trying to defend him and say things. And it's just like, no, it's a very definitive, we got that answer. Jorge Masvidal didn't just get lucky, even – Askren said he's like there was no luck to it. He just practiced a kick and it fucking hit me, and it sucks losing to him. But man, to see you don't the have to be the most sophisticated moment. fight analyst to understand <laughs> what took place. I'm not prepared to throw either end of this blow, but I think I understand logistically what happened. He took a really good gamble, and frankly, 
It's not a terrible gamble. It is a little bit surprising that Ben Askren thought he would just put his head down and shoot. To me, that's that's not something I would advise in a grappling Well, what match. was he going to do? Try and strike with Jorge Masvidal? Maybe nope. for a second before like nope. putting his head down and not staring. I mean, it's just to me, it's the head down portion of it. It's like, all right. Well, let's put it this way. There's when a lot ben of energy like, in the initial sparks of a fight that if I was trying to take someone down, I would want to survive and weather before I made that attempt. That's kind of my point. Let's remember when he said, hey, let's see how I stand and bang with Robbie Lawler. And Robbie was like, boom, boom, roasted your face. Askren was like, oh, right, I should take him down. Yeah, that's all I'm good at comparatively. So to me, I say to myself, well... I understand the reluctance to it, but apparently uh, we had some people who were posting on our page uh, that night who were like, nah, lucky hit, uh, which begs one thing, people, and I, I implore you to know this time and time again. Don't drink and post on our page. It never goes well for you. At one point, the individual was saying, hey, Raph. How come you're not responding to any of this? And I said, well, I'm covering fights. And more importantly, I'll respond when you put something of worthiness to be commented on. It's pretty much it. Because I just sit back and enjoy it. And they're like, oh, look at this clickbait. I was like, there's no clickbait here. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Uh, the next day it was deleted. So to the person who we are speaking to, you know who you are if you are listening to this. Um, we accept your defeat. In terms of posting on our site, I will say though, Kevin, it was pretty epic. And credit to Jorge. I mean, he said that he figured he would put his hands behind his back, see what would happen, and he knew that Ben would take the bait and want to shoot in once he saw the hands behind his back, where it would look like he was not able to really put his, you know, hands in a, a, a fisticuffs sort of way of uh, approaching him. And he's like, yeah, dude, he fucking bought it. And that was dope. He goes, I didn't give him a three piece on the soda. I gave him the whole MGM buffet. <laughs> Raph's like, I particularly, if you're listening to the first 10 minutes of this podcast, this is uh, impressive by Jorge Masvidal to me yes. in terms of like strategy, gamesmanship and exciting KOs, which are difficult to accomplish. He clearly <laughs> yeah. put some work into this. Game planned it, made it happen. Say this last part though is like both of them in both of their after interviews said how much they still don't like the other person. But again, advantage Jorge Masvidal, who some people are saying is acting a little too macho about it. And some people were even saying they didn't appreciate him doing the after hits when it clearly looked like he knocked him out. Uh, to uh, which he oh, defended did you himself. you want him to stop before the referee stops? Is that what you wanted? Because the beautiful article of Askren being like, I was still awake. I don't know what they're talking about <laughs> is what happens if the fighters don't do that. Yeah. This, um, I, if you want to complain to anyone that he shouldn't have gotten hit again, it is the referee and it is UFC and it is ESPN. Those are the three people you can complain to. You're going to notice two of them are going to give one big shit. Uh, well, Jorge was saying, he's like, dude, I go in there and, I wait for the ref to do it. And I'll say this. Yeah. The the thing that I do appreciate about this in particular as opposed to other things that we've seen in the past is Jorge basically just responded in the octagon and left it at that. Now, granted, Jorge 
has been known to maybe go try and throw some fisticuffs outside that of the problem octagon. found him rapping you know that <laughs> that's not my favorite version of him but again no one gave a shit they just were more endeared to it they seem to be responding to a little bit of machismo some may say and jorge said listen first of all i'm not as good as valentina shevanko i don't have that control to just go oh i knocked him out i'm good He's like, I'm basically going to pounce on them because that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. But the thing that really tickled me that he said, Kevin, is he goes, yeah, I still hate him. I really don't like that guy. And you know what? <laughs> if I see him at a Whole Foods, I'm going to fight him right then and there. And I swear to God, Kevin, we like the thought of him seeing the other guy at a Whole Foods and them just looking like, oh, I know we fought, but I still fucking hate you. Even though I'm trying to eat healthy, bitch. Oh, god damn it. So we're hoping that he gets a Whole Foods uh, sponsorship. Or, at the very least, uh, gets sponsored by the MGM buffet. God, that's the dream. Uh, Holly Holm gets uh, KO'd. That was sad. Yeah. Well, Ninja is very good at fighting people. She's very good at it. She's I don't good think she will kick you in the face. If you're not, like, uh, she'll kick you. She'll use both feet. Mm. I've noticed, but that right one hurts. I think the headline <clears throat> that I saw was uh, Holly Holm got Holly Holmed because uh, that's what she did to Ronda Rousey. And uh, it it was rough. I mean, but we also on this show didn't really see Holm beating Nunez. Nunez is a. Beast. She's goat. She's she's the best of all time now for females. And whatever diatribe you want to get on on how competitive uh, women's MMA may or may not be, she has beaten some impressive people. So Nunez, she has our respect. Nunez, we've had this talk before. There are certain fighters that surpass a threshold. I thought Rousey was one of them because of her ability to armbar people and like yep. get in there pretty quick. I I know. This gets uncomfortable, but to me, Amanda Nunez is one of those people that's like, she could fight at a comparable weight in the men's division, and it would be extremely challenging. Mm -hmm. She would be very difficult for anyone to fight. I feel that same way about Holly Holm. And to watch Amanda Nunez do what she does and do what she does again, she's just good. She's very good. She's got some Silva to her. Like, she's got some Spider Silva to me, just the way she seems super confident if you want to try and grapple. Mm -hmm. um, but she really wants to pepper you with feet and hands and everything in between. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I What do we say, Kev? <laughs> they were like, well, what do we do with you now? How do you feel about a cyborg rematch? And she's like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit? You know like, I mean? Is like, uh, Dominic Cruz available? <laughs> What's that weak-willed pansy doing? I'll, Yo, I'll beat him were, up. <clears throat> people were definitely saying, they were like, oh, she's going to fuck Bring up Bring on that Cejudo Judas. Now. He works for the man and he's a fighter. <laughs> I don't believe it. He's in Dana White's pocket. That would have been amazing. So that's where we stood on that one. Um, I'd like to move. What else is there to say? She was going to win. We knew she won. Before it even happened. Respect to Holly Holm. I saw her trying to hang in there for a little while. But if we're going to talk about people who really hung in there. 
I have an immense amount of respect for Thiago Santos. Here's why, Kevin. Do you know how many things were broken in Thiago Santos in that fight? Okay, I did see his ACL, right? That's why he couldn't step with his... There was at multiple points it looked like he couldn't use his right leg. So that's one of them. What else? What else is broken? Can I say... I also uh, accidentally have a video in the background. Amanda Nunez, top five finishes. She's so violent. There. How do I put this? Um, these memes encapsulate it very well. But, Kev, it's like the list of things that were wrong with him is long. Like... Tell me something that you think was broken on him, and I'll tell you yes. Well, anytime you walk into a fight against John Jones without your ACL, I question how was his frontal cerebral cortex? Is his sure. head okay? I mean, I I can't speak on that. It's not on the list. What it's about his right wrist? His relaxation wrist? Very, very uh, potentially uh, not great. Fractured. <laughs> Two glasses. <laughs> I just love the fact that, you know, I could tell that he wasn't in the best of ability to plant on a foot. I will say, though, you could tell from your years of analysis of watching people (laughs) walk. I could tell everybody was like, is something wrong with the Santos's right leg? I think it was round two, maybe early three. He like went to not do anything but flash a i think he was flashing a front kick to the leg like a thigh kick to throw a hand and he almost completely fell down because he couldn't even flash on his right leg i don't i don't favor anyone fighting john jones in the best of conditions this was not the best of conditions it would appear kev here's what was wrong with them uh, this is according, as per uh, Mike Bond, and it says, Thiago Santos's uh, post-fight MRI revealed a torn ACL, MCL, PCL, and meniscus tear in the left knee. Oh, so he tore the whole fucking thing. He tore everything across his knee. He was hopping on one foot, one might say. He was, he was, hot. He was fighting John Jones yep. on one foot. He's, it says he spent most of five rounds like that and got the first winning scorecard ever against John Jones. Inhumanly tough because there was a split decision. Um, <clears throat> now, granted, uh, John Jones's camp was very quick afterwards to say John Jones uh, outstruck him and the CompuStrike uh, score shows as such. Uh, that's fine. Whatever John wants to say. I will tell you what I saw and the aftermath of that. What I saw was, and granted, there were fights going on in front of me. This is definitely a fight I want to go back and rewatch way more intently when I'm not multitasking. But I will say some observations from that. Number one, John Jones seemed to respect his power a lot more than I've seen him respect anybody else. There is a theory, Kevin, that shows that John Jones has outclassed people who were aged 
10 to 12 years above him and finished them quite relatively easily. However, those who were closest to his age when they were fighting kind of goes to a decision, which is, I guess, interesting analysis. Um, I don't know that it changes much, but it definitely enlightens a few things. But I saw a John Jones that was a little more reserved. And normally his fighter HQ kind of kicks in and he analyzes and renders in real time what he's going to do. It's not to say he didn't do it here. It was just a little less pronounced. And I understand when he gets older and he picks and chooses his spots a little bit more. This was still one where I said, man, John Jones, okay, he could potentially lose this round if he doesn't kick in. Granted, still an excellent performance from him. Um, the second thing I'll say, though, Kev, is this. Um, Thiago Santos. Ah, this one hurts. I don't know if I can get through this one, Kev. Do you remember when Dana White in a post-presser said, hey, what do you guys think about Thiago Santos versus John Jones? And there were crickets. Because at that time, they were trying to push. Well, I guess the only thing um, left for John hold Jones. On. Worse than that. I remember very specifically what we mm. said. What did we say, Kevin? It was brutal. I'm not going to talk for you. I'm going to talk for me. I was like, <laughs> stupid fight. What are you talking about? Garbage. I mean, if you'd asked me, hey, uh, the L.A. Clippers are going to be the best <laughs> team in the NBA. I've been like, you're a fucking idiot. Congrats. They're going to be a 40 to 35 win team. If you had told me about Thiago Santos, which, damn it, you kind of did. So, in a way, this is your fault, Raph. If you had yeah, just because... not told me, I wouldn't sound like an idiot. But I, I do, do and I am, and I'm sorry. I do this weird thing of reporting the news on the show. I That's... am an idiot, and I was wrong, and <sighs> I am so semi-sorry. I so... didn't think Thiago Santos had this in him. I didn't well... think he had. First of all, I didn't think he had survival win card in him i didn't think he had it on his healthiest of legs let alone on his unhealthiest of legs a torn every cl in his right knee and he's right-handed isn't he um good question don't know that for sure i don't either um it sounds right so we'll just count (laughs) yeah either it doesn't matter a ton it's just crazy to me. Kevin, how this can you is even toughness. look this when he has a fucking Thor hammer on his fucking chest? Of course you won't know what his stance is and which way he's fucking throwing I've with his distracted. hand. It's just a giant hammer. And it's really hard to get over because you go, why did you tattoo that on you? Anyway. Well, now I think we know. Well, now he's I think. Yeah, made fucking okay. granite. He, uh. fought, he fought without a right knee. He did very well. Left me. And Kev, this is weird because all I could think about as we were getting into the championship rounds was uh, Dana White's going to be insufferable when he fucking talks about this fight. He's going to already be fucking blowing his jizz because fucking Ben Askren got knocked out, which I agree with Dana on that. So that's fine. But now we're going to be forced to seeing Dana White. Be like, that was a pretty good fight with Thiago Santos. My God, who could have possibly have seen this guy did? And I won't shut up about it. So I knew for sure that was going to be a weird thing. And I'll say this. 
It was a better fight than most people thought it would be. Um, maybe some people are interested to see what happens when the man has two feet that might actually be operational. Maybe 50%. Maybe both of those. I don't know. But he did sustain most of the injuries through the fight, so we should be sure to say that. It's just he's out for eight months. John Jones has to move on to somebody else. Before they were talking about the Kendall, Luke Rockhold as challenging John Jones because he's got the tools. No, wait. He's also dead. This was a night full of dead people uh, who somehow came back to life. Oh, yeah, Luke so, Rockhold lost, too. Luke Rockhold didn't just lose. Uh, his jaw was broken. Uh, and that was apparently for the second time. Yeah, as I was just going to say, he's been beat up a few times now. Well, you know, it's kind of weird when you're looking through your news feed as you're covering fights and you see that Dana White has offered retirement for not one, but two fighters as a major suggestion. And that was both for Holly Holm and for the Ken Noll. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Holly Holm's like that, 35, 36 in a fighting career. Uh, it, hers makes maybe a little bit more sense in the sense that she's Still been fighting in fights. boxing yeah. and in MMA for a long time. And maybe what he's saying is, yeah, I don't really have anything left for her, so I don't yeah, I was know. like, but fuck him as he's like trying to book BJ Penn seconds before he fights <laughs> a strip club bouncer. It's like Holly Holmes <laughs> in way better shape and way better yeah, in the cage cool. or anywhere else than a lot of the older fighters you're putting out on the male side. So go fuck yourself there. I mean, the good news is, Kev. She's still exciting. Like, let her she decide is, yeah. if she wants to fight still. It's not like she got kneed in the face seconds in. She... Lost to Nunez, who's... Don't get me wrong, though. I bet him private. Unbelievable. Dana White didn't even see that knee land all the way through in the five seconds ago. He should really think about retirement. Yeah, he does. It's like Dana White doesn't even remember saying anything about retirement. <laughs> He's like, who? I said so that. Anyway, what I would like to say is, as tough as it is, Dana did have some good insight in wanting to see Thiago Santos. I still don't know that it's the most attractive fight. I think that this card was bolstered with a number of high-profile names that helped to sell it. So I will be interested to see what the big sales for the pay-per-view are, given that we're in the ESPN Plus era of, how do I, I don't know, with the thing and the app, and I hate it, um, how it sells because it's not on traditional pay-per-view stratuses anymore. So I don't know, Kev. <sighs> Kudos to Dana for championing Thiago Santos, I guess. I guess too, Raph. Yep. And I tell you one thing I don't guess about. Mm. What protects me when I'm swimming in those deep blue 12-foot pools? Head on over to northsouthjujitsu.com. They'll keep you protected on the mats as they do for... World champion, Professor mm -hmm. Rafael Lovato Jr., or they'll keep you warm in the pool while you're passing those skills tests mm -hmm. on a regulator and a BCD system. Don't get left in the dust with your emergency swim. Make sure you're wearing stuff that hugs you up and makes you look good. Head on over to NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. Special deals on delivery inside the United States and Canada. Raph. Mm -hmm. We've covered the mainstay fights here. Okay. Um, I do want to give a few other shout-outs. Um, Michael Chisse beats mm -hmm. Diego Sanchez. Great fight. Great fight again. I think everybody kind of knew it was going to be. But uh, just as deep, he's difficult to beat. 
in what is the best name matchup. Show you dong. Sews up way ready to fight. Man. Beats up on our friend, Mr. Alex Perez. There is a massive fight between Vera and TBD. <laughs> I guess to be announced. To be announced, which ended up being Mr. Hernandez, had several bets placed on him. However, uh, Vera did take it. So sadly, TBA for me on the two to one and for my compadre on the four to one did not end up paying out. Was really, really stoked to see how that was going to play out, by the way. That that was a massive bummer. (laughs) Yeah. Super easy there. Allen beats up on Gilbert Melendez, who Mm -hmm. should definitely be on the discussion about retirement, maybe before Holly Holm. This is uh, adding names to that pile. Though Gilbert, great on the mic. Gadeha beats up on Marcos, giving my opponent one of his very few, very few wins. I almost feel like I want to take that one back because that was not a great fight. Really? Oh, it was. Uh, it was not good. All right. That's as good as I can say. And as I'm scrolling down the screen here, mm-hmm. Shabayazan beats up on Marshman. <laughs> Three Countera <laughs> gets up on Nordiev and Avila over Kiaznard in the world, taking on the U.S. The world definitely kicked the U.S.'s ass. Yeah, I mean, there's some things it felt, it that felt good. Felt good to get one in the mouth. Um, let's say this: uh, Edmund very much looked uh, powerful in there. Uh, that rear naked choke happened relatively quickly, and and if you guys haven't seen it, go back and look at it. Of course, Yadong, go watch that. That fucking knockout was beautiful. Big ups to Marlon Vera, aka Cheeto, because. Uh, Man, uh, TBD, I mean, that sucked to see how that was going to play out in terms of an opponent being named at the last uh, second. But that was also a pretty good submission as well. So that's what I got for you there. Do you have any closing thoughts about UFC 239, Kevin? John Jones versus Thiago Santos 2 will be. Well, we're going to have to wait nine months for it. A year of Thiago Santos reconstruction surgery. But I wonder who John Jones fights again. D- again, he doesn't look quite as hungry, but it always depends on the opponent. And this one he was clearly less hungry about, but will be vibed up for the next one. Mm-hmm. Hard to say. This is, uh, Amanda Nunez is really good. Jorge Masvidal wins the night for me. He's a clear yep. winner. And you want to know who else is a clear winner? Who? Me. Mm. I beat the ever-living shit out of everyone this week mm. in predicting fights. I got nine of them correct, including a straight sweep on the main card. A straight sweep, bro. A wow. straight sweep on the main card. It's Only pretty missed two fights. Too. Only missed two fights, including one where I took TBA two to one odds. So can't feel like I can be faulted on that one. That was anybody's game. Boof. I am master at over under Kevin. What did you win? I've really Kevin? North Wind taken it. He owes me something. I actually might have to listen to that part. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure he has to wear a verbal tap t-shirt. 
when doing one of his next uh, videos, his oh, uh, instructional yeah, that's right. videos. That's right, his little demo. So we are excited to say that. Um, we tried to reach out to Mr. Padilla this week. Unfortunately, uh, I guess with our production schedule being me in Vegas, we had to forge ahead. Our apologies to him. We hope he is well. Um, we're very sorry that he lost in such a dominant fashion. He's still got good hair, so there's that, guys. He's got that going for him. But he definitely didn't win, like, at all, or close to winning, or, you know. Like, in the realm of winning, if there was a dartboard, he would have hit uh, the bathroom door at a bar. Tell us about where you were. Yes. Let's hard transition this, or soft transition, however you want to transition. Right to the fights that you were live covering. Yes, it is the LXF organization. This is their second event. This is what I'll say. Um, My favorite thing that they did, and there's a few, is at the end of the night they go, get ready for LXF 3 in September 21st. But we can't tell you where. Like, that was how the night was ending. <laughs> so to get to the very end of the show when you're starting to pack up and it's like, guys, we're so excited for this event on a date. Someone tell me the date. 21st of September. Can I tell them where? Are you sure? No, no, no. No? Okay. You'll have to find out where later. So to me, I go, yes, great way to build that element of surprise there, kids. Um, the other thing to note, uh, it was the retirement fight of one Chad George who had the goal, Kevin. Chad George! Goal, the mm-hmm. goal, I will say, to end his MMA career by throwing out just about every submission in the book because I was maybe mm, 40 seconds into photographing that fight when I said, is this motherfucker going to end his career with a heel hook? Fuck you, Chad. No, don't. Oh my God. He might do it. And it was close. And he put his opponent in danger because you're thinking to yourself, man, ending a fight via heel hook. It's tough to do in MMA, but ballsy to do when it's your last fight because you're like, eh, fuck it. Let's see what we can do. Uh, Chad was also showing us, uh, you know, the way he likes to do his Darce entries, looked good on the feet, but it was really, I mean, just an aggressively submission-oriented based fight, and he ended up finishing his final fight after 15 years of a career with a head and arm triangle choke, which I feel, again, the submission of the podcast could not go out in a better way. Had about a billion people there cheering him on the whole way. So big congratulations to him elsewhere. Occupation Alfred. fighter. Check yes. it out. You got to see that documentary. Chad George is a savage. He's an OG in this sport. And he trains with, uh, I mean, he's at least, I guess, I don't know what his full on jujitsu stuff is at this point, but he's one EBI. So he's fucking good. Well, he, he won, uh, a championship of the very first uh, times that they had the uh, catch or not catch wrestling. He's also known for catch because of Josh Barnett, who he's he's under, but yes, the combat jujitsu. So he is champion of the very first combat worlds um, 
amazing competitor. And I suspect maybe we'll still see him in jiu-jitsu. At least that's what I'm going to yell at him whenever I see him. So there's that. Big congrats to him. Elsewhere, Alfred, fearless, if you would. Uh, Kashikian defeats Keith Carson via TKO. That's 10 TKOs for that man. Big congratulations to him. AJ Bryant overcomes a lot of pressure from one Jared Papazan in the very first round of what was an intense fight. Sergio Perez had a back and forth with Tyler Afaro. And I got to say, man, it was pretty dope to see him come back and get. I don't want to say he was gifted an armbar. But when he saw an R-bar present itself to him, he was like, oh, fuck, I need this. Yeah, I'll take that. And it was amazing because even in the post-presser when he was talking about it, he just goes, yeah, man, uh, I saw that armbar and I said, all right, I'm going to take this. And I don't blame him. He's a very good submission-oriented fighter into himself. But it was it – was, that fight went everywhere. So congrats to him. This is intriguing. In that there was also a moment where the main fight that was supposed to be one of, I guess, your your main events, uh, a championship bout. See if this makes sense to you. There was like a melee, a little scuffle at the weigh-ins. But LXF actually put out a fine to the champion because of that scuffle. Some major organizations won't do that. We won't name names. Uh, that champion didn't want to pay that fine. And then didn't show up. So that's weird. To make things even weirder, though, uh, about this time in the program, they just brought out his opponent and said, well, he didn't show up, so you win this title by default. So an odd moment, to be sure. Um, I don't know if we know the full story is, but, uh, definitely one that I I just don't know how to ever make sense of it. Um, other than we're just kind of looking at it and go, oof, okay. So is that what's happening? And I had a couple of people come up to me and they're like, what happened here? And I go, oh, you know, there was a scuffle at the main event and or the weigh-ins, and you know how that goes when you scuffle with your opponents. So I did say, the one thing I do appreciate about that was them creating a fine right there and then uh, for uh, a scuffle at that. So it does show, at the very least, that uh, the good people over at LXF are hopefully going to be able to discourage people from having idiotic scuffles where you push your opponent the day before a fight. Because guess what, guys? You're going to fight your opponent the next day. Um, there are some who might say, well, the person who was fined really wasn't at risk or at fault. I don't know all those things. I just know if you don't show up for the fight, the commission may not look favorably upon that. And you might jeopardize part of your career. So I hope things work themselves out, is I guess what I'm saying. While you but were doing that, I was like, can I not show up? And Verbal Tap Legal sent me a message was like, no, that is not an option. No, contractually obligated to be. Jeez. I'm on a fucking... Hotel room right now, and I'm still fucking here. <laughs> you're not a New York drive drive. Well, yeah, hit us. You're right. You're in Vegas. I need to get you out of here. Hit us with your final uh, well, thoughts yeah. on your your coverage. And Absolutely. I'll hear some your stuff ass back to the casinos. Yeah, thank you. Uh, some things to note: um, Alex Trinidad over Brian Del Rosario via ultimate decision. I like to call him ultimate decision rather than unanimous. Uh, Blake Builder 
defeats DC, our good friend, by a decision. DC also sustained injuries. So that's why when I saw that whole Thiago Santos thing, I'm reading that and I see DC watching it, walking on crutches. And I was like, yo, dog, damn, dude. Uh, Gilbert Noctani uh, hit a bulldog choke really, really clean in there. Very, very happy for that young man uh, in his pro debut. Julian Baez defeats Roberto Romero by unanimous decision. And former NFL player Chris McCain defeats Jamal Harris via TKO in the second round. Um, So there is all of that that I've got for you guys. I do want to give a quick little hit of shout outs to a couple promotions over the weekend. Kev, I don't don't know if you saw, but there were a few things going on. Uh, Number one was, I believe, our good friends over at Kasai had an event. So congratulations to them. It went off very smashingly. A number of good people won and Craig Jones, I guess. Um, Hmm. And then they also had a Jits King uh, organization event that was uh, looked like it was fun. I didn't get to see all the matches because I was out and about. But congratulations to our good friend are in order for one, John Combs, and to William Thackett. If you guys are not looking at this young man, keep your eyes on him. I know he's young. I know you may not be familiar with him. He's made an impression at Third Coast Grappling. He's made an impression over at Midwest sub-only finishers competitions. But just this weekend, he made short work of Enrico Coco at that Jits King 16-man tournament. And that's not an easy thing to do continuing that force going all the way to win that night so if you aren't following that young man please do so you will thank me a little bit later and then just to close on out yesterday was fucking submission underground nine and they had tag team grappling they had it all i haven't gotten to see all of it i know i'm on vacation suck it deal with it for a minute but craig jones beat Anthony Rumble Johnson. And if we can make one small request, I know they were teasing the thought of Jacare versus Craig Jones. That seems like a way better idea. John Jones versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. It's not a match. It's a carnival game. We can do better on giving John Jones fights that get him some shine. He pretty good. But Kev, did you have any any misgivings on how that would go? No, I'm gonna guess that uh, Craig Jones was smashed horrifically in a Popeye-like incident. <laughs> uh, no, it was he 47 seconds to heal hook. He hooked so. him. Yeah, yeah, sounds right. Yeah, that's about right. So, could we? I mean, I know at the end, Chael teased the idea of Jacques Ray. Don't fucks with us. Give us Jacques Ray. Give us somebody who would be fun. For Craig Jones to go up against because these last few times that we've had Craig go up against people, Tex Johnson aside, though he has beaten Tex, uh, just come on, we can we can do better here. So that's my note there. And then I want to give a shout out because this weekend, in case you have forgotten, do me a solid. I know I don't say this very often and mean it, but I mean it now. This weekend, tune into Flow Grappling. To listen to yours truly commentating the subversive dose, subversive dose competition. There are 35 matches that are going on that night. It is going to be main evented by Team Red Bowie versus Team 10th Planet in 
that exclusive grappling competition of five on five for a team based finishing. I, I Kev, I'm super excited for this. I'm in the phase of doing my research on people and I want you guys to be watching. I want you guys to be interacting with us as the event is going on. The hashtag is hashtag subversive two and it is subversive without the E. So subversive two. I hope to see you guys on the live telecast. Subversive two live telecast at flowgrappling.com. I think people are going to be aware of that one. Or you can get flow grappling and then cancel it because that's cool too. But like I'm on this one, so it might be good. And get it for this, keep it, and then write in to flow grappling and be like, this way I'm keeping it. <laughs> I might do that anyway, just for helps That's to the whole idea. crowd. That's going to do it for us who have spent avoiding earthquakes, gambling in the desert, scuba certification. Don't ever forget, if you lose your buddy, check in a 360-degree manner until <laughs> you find him in both directions. It's a 3D environment. That's good advice for jujitsu. I am your host, Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...